said I found a spaceman in a field, possibly an angel. So wanted. Who are you? Usually call the doctor, or the caretaker, or get off this planet. That man is quite ridiculous. I know. You must stay away from him. I like him. No one should be alone at Christmas. Why have you got a phone box in your room? It's not a phone box, it's my wardrobe. Your brother, where is he? Quickly, come on! Where are we? There is something very wrong in this forest, and your brother's right in the middle of it. Where are you from? England. I am well, sir. I am very well and hope you are the same. I am awesome, but it is always good to talk to you guys. And guess what, guys? We have some news. And top on the news is Hulanta Virtual 2021. And Lee, you're the one that brought this to our attention. So for anyone listening who has never heard of Hulanta, Lee, what is Hulanta? Hulanta? is uh, the the closest uh, big and lovely Doctor Who event to us. So it has a special place in our hearts. It is the brainchild of our good friend, R. Alan Seiler, among others. Alan sort of put out the question via Facebook, would anybody uh, be interested in doing uh, another Hulanta? And I think he was uh, buried under an avalanche of, yes! <laughs> So he's going to pull it together as another one-day online event, like uh, as he did uh, last year, pandemically. So it usually happens in person, and it's real expensive to you know to put on something like that in a in a quality hotel and bring in guests and all that stuff. So uh, we we applaud doing this thing online. It makes a lot of things uh, possible that wouldn't be otherwise. So hooray, hooray, hooray for May 29th. Is that correct? May 29th. You are 100% correct. May 29th. That is a Saturday. And so just go ahead and mark out your day. Pencil in. No, write it in ink. Those of you who have paper calendars. March 29th. March 29th. May 29th. May 29th. May 29th. May 29th. May 29th. Is going to give, uh, give Alan a heart attack? We're going to march to May 29th. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> Skipping merrily over April and along the way. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, yeah, hop in your time machine and go straight to May 29th, 2021. Yes. And, uh, and, and stay, uh, keep listening to us because we'll be talking about it, uh, all the time until we get there. And you know what? Longtime listeners and new listeners can go back and listen to some of our past Hulanta recaps that we've done. We've recorded 
an episode live at Hulanta a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And longtime listeners again will know that Hulanta is where the three of us met for the first time in person. So, in person. yes, woohoo to Hulanta. <laughs> Lee, I have to point this next one back to you as well. I should have pointed the first one to Clarence, but, but <laughs> I really need to point the next one to you because specifically you gifted us with something new that we're going to hear in its entirety for the very first time here. You introduced us to a brand new spoiler warning. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know what you're talking about. Yes. Yes. Spoilers. Spoilers. I just, I just thought it would be fun because, uh, for people who are not of, of our age, of my age anyway, they, they may not have recognized the, the tune behind, uh, Kyle's, um, as being the, uh, uh, Kyle's spoiler warning as being the theme from the 1970s Wonder Woman TV series. And I've always thought that was hilarious. So, uh, so I made a version that has the contemporary Wonder Woman <laughs> theme music behind it. So without further ado, let's call this the broadcast premiere of Lee's new spoiler warning in full. And here we go. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Spoilers. Spoilers? What spoilers? So, Lee, I'm going to put you on the spot here because in our last episode of Discussing Comics, episode 71, as we were finishing up the review of One Division Part 2, I used this new spoiler warning but tacked on an ending to it. And with your permission... I'd like to start using that paired with your new Wonder Woman from the current generation plus spoiler as part of the spoiler warning, because I think that ending with the laugh is awesome. It's yes. And uh, again, only makes sense if you live in the whole same odd dream world that we live in. Yes. Here's something less mundane. Oh, cool. Go for it. I, I hate to jump on your on your segues because they're always so good. As long as I'm talking, I, I also just wanted to say howdy to Dave A.C. Cooper, who has been in the hospital and is back out. If I understand right, he now looks like uh, David Tennant. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, so he's regenerated. Yeah. yeah that uh, he he uh, he was near enough to the end there that um, Artron Energy has basically taken him over and... Uh, so that may be disorienting for people who, who knew him <laughs> before, but uh, he's got a whole new regeneration cycle. Whole, exactly. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Even mm. the Time Lords wanted him to yes. hang with us. So anyway, but yeah, just uh, cheers, Dave. That's that's all I wanted to say. So onward. Well, you know what? Good spirits to Dave, and good spirits to someone named Libre Spirits, who has recently become a Patreon supporter of the Discussing Network, along with Mr. Kevin O'Brien. So I'd like to give a shout out to those two, as well as all of our Patreon supporters. You help to keep this proverbial virtual TARDIS of a console and going and helps keep me altered or aligned with this reality and woohoo and all that great stuff. So thanks everyone who has been a patron. And if you would like to support 
this podcast along with the Discussing Network, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash discussing network. And I mentioned a few minutes ago, longtime listeners and first-time listeners. So Clarence, if we have someone who is a first-time listener, what would you want to tell them? Well, not only can you support the show on Patreon, you know, if, if you choose to give us a few ducats, we appreciate it to help us keep the show running, keep the lights on. You know what? You can just simply support the show by subscribing, leaving a review and telling a friend. Um, and if you have any idea about anything we should be reviewing, make sure to send that in to discussingwho at gmail.com or hit us up at discussingwho on any and all social medias. And as we'd like to say to anybody who's listening to us for the first time, welcome. And you totally did not have to be doing this. Oh, yeah. There's 1.6 million podcasts out there, says Apple. Yeah, and you chose this one. Holy smoke. Thanks. And speaking of thanks, I have two sets of thank yous that I would like to send out. The first would be to Shannon Perry, who was on our previous episode where we reviewed The Wedding of River Song. And if you enjoyed Shannon, you can also catch her on episode 2211-211, where she joined us for our review of Vincent and the Doctor. It's always fun to have Shannon on. She brings a great perspective. And like I said, thank you, Shannon. But a big thank you, I have to say, to Aaron Clark and June Clark Eubanks for helping me with the special feedback that I heard or everyone heard that I was able to insert into post-production in our last episode. I had so much fun doing that with them. So a big, big thank you to Aaron and June. You made my month with that. So that was so much fun. All right, gentlemen, that brings the news segment to a close. So I want to see if, before we move on, if you guys have any other things that you had on your list before we get started. I do not. Nor I. I've talked enough. Yeah. If you guys have nothing else, that means that I get to say, if you have not seen The Doctor, The Widow, and The Wardrobe, go out, watch the episode, come back, because for this moment forward, spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Spoilers? Well, spoilers. And I killed Sparky, too. <laughs> Alrighty, the spoiler warning has gone out, and we are back to review The Doctor, The Widow, and The Wardrobe. This is the 2011 Christmas special of Doctor Who, first airing on the 25th of December, 2011. It starred Matt Smith as the 11th Doctor and Claire Skinner as Madge Arwell. Summary view, Lee Shackelford, I'll start with you. Summary view, what say ye? I had uh, not watched this since it aired. I, I remember just being very disappointed with it um, on that Christmas day. You know, as has happened with so many of these, when I don't have everything else that's going on on Christmas Day, I can sit down quietly and watch this again and say, that wasn't as bad as I remember, <laughs> or or wasn't as, um, I don't know, as pointless or just plain weird or whatever. So I, I really, uh, there, there's a lot that I enjoyed about this that I, I didn't before. I, there's still a lot that I just don't understand about it, and I know we'll get into that. So that's for me. How about you, Mr. Brown? I thought that I was going to hate this in the first 20 minutes of the episode. <laughs> I, I certainly didn't remember anything about it. But as we got into it, uh, I really liked the supporting characters. 
that were in this episode and, and, and uh, the kids were great. So I really loved everyone around the doctor, but it's definitely some questionable things in this episode that kind of just, you know, raised my eyebrow a little bit I'm like, huh? But that being said, I, I feel it was like, what, 80% fun, 20% heartbreak. So I, I, I guess I kind of enjoyed it. What about you, Kyle? Well, I'll, I'll take two things from what the two of you said. This is one that I did not enjoy on Christmas Day whenever I watched it the first time. And I will agree that there is 20% heartbreak. I will take your other 80% that you said and replace it with 80% of boring. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was so bored. <laughs> Wow. Oh, my goodness. I was bored. I was so bored. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not joking. I was so bored. What's the word I'm looking for? Bored. I want to know if you were um, bored. <laughs> yes. I was okay. totally and undeniably, positively, and completely bored. Wait, wait, wait. So are you calling a Doctor Who episode? The dawn of boredom? No, this is the Christmas time of <laughs> boredom. <laughs> the Christmas of boredom. This is the yeah, Christmas of boredom. I'm Snow. so sorry that, uh, you know, there may be, and there are, and I'm sure there are, people that loved this. I just didn't. It wasn't for me. Just wasn't. Well, here's something that I saw on social media that, 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 that helped me, I guess, a little bit. Just the observation that, we see that Stephen Moffat seems to be visiting great British writers and their works. The, so we did Charles Dickens. I mean, we did A Christmas Carol. Um, and so now we went to C.S. Lewis. And we're, it, it just looks like we're unapologetically thieving stuff from The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, including the title. But if you think of it as being homage, if you think of it as being a, a tip of the hat, it's, uh, it's something else. But, but, I guess I'm 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 with Kyle in this. Why? If if you if you can't do the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, then why are we doing <laughs> this? I, I I just kind of yeah. So let me ask you guys this question because you really lead into the point that I wanted to bring up about this and whether the recent change was Chibnall directed or whether it was BBC directed that we've moved to a January the 1st special rather than a Christmas special. I think that is in a way now that I'm going back and revisiting some of these, mm. a positive thing because I'm wondering if we're Christmasizing this episode for the sake of it has to be Christmassy mm. because it's yeah. Christmas Day. Yeah. And what do you guys think? Do you think that that has a negative impact when it so is ingrained in Christmas, quote unquote? I, I do feel like um, this episode made me miss the Christmas episodes. Uh, it's funny that you would say that. Hmm. And it's most of it is just a feeling from the episode. Just the feeling you get from especially, I think, the. Man, the thing that Amy says to the doctor at the very end, I mean, putting this around Christmas, a holiday that most people can connect to, uh, I just kind of miss that. And really, for me, uh, getting into the Chibnall era, um, 
the the New Year's Day is meaningless. It could be any day. I mean, it's just like we get an extra Doctor Who episode. I mean, what do we benefit? What touchstone do we have from it being on New Year's Day? I would say nothing. Good point. Yeah, yeah, I have to I have to agree. And 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 the quote I'd read, you know, I don't know if this is authentic or not, but uh, that. Uh, and Moffat said that he wanted this to be the most Christmassy Christmas special, you know, the Doctor Who had ever done. And it is like he, uh, I don't know, he unloaded all the guns. <laughs> but, uh, uh, of course, we we haven't yet had one with Santa Claus himself in it. Yeah. But, but uh, you know, RTD had done the thing of, uh, of taking things that we love about uh, Christmas and making them deadly <laughs> and sinister. And uh, in this one, when the, uh, the 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 trees are growing their own ornaments, <laughs> and it's it's this kind of organic, weird, almost gross thing. You're like, oh, we're we're doing it, aren't we? We're <laughs> we're having a go at the Christmas ornaments. Uh, but uh, but those things turn out to be uh, benign. Those are the, those are those are the good yeah. guys. So and and the best thing that can happen to this forest is that each of these forests will will release a star. Right on top of a, you know the tip top of the tree. I just think that's that's completely beautiful. And yeah, you're not going to see that in the. It's, uh, I don't know. It's just too bad. Let's talk about this opening sequence. And I thought it was funny. And I, uh, you know, I'm I'm there for that. I th- I love the comedy where he's trying to get into the spacesuit. And you know that opening montage of him bl- on the ship that blows up. Beautiful, beautiful opening scenery. Idea. I I didn't quite connect and maybe this was while i was bored that i missed this was he meets madge and then he meets madge later did we ever connect why he came back or was that by coincidence well um he came back because she made a wish and i have that written down in my notes um because i wanted to call christmas bs on this (laughs) i mean it's a it's a lovely thought and and this this is you could argue more of a, of a story for for little littler kids than it is for the rest of the audience. Yeah, you know, but so make a wish and and the doctor will come. And, and I want to say, but that's not consistent with things that happen in the rest of the show, except that Amelia Pond wished yeah. for him. Yeah, and, and we have we have broadly hinted that the TARDIS picks things like this up. It's it's why they uh, showed up uh, in uh, Night Terrors as well, right? Because. Uh, the little boy was was crying. He was in yep. need, and the TARDIS took them. But there. didn't they explain why he came back for Amy? Because it wasn't it the crack in the wall that he was investigating at at the beginning well, at the, to even bring him there in the first place. He, so he didn't come because she prayed to Santa. Correct. <laughs> Santa. Yes. Right. Um, yeah. Good point. So yeah, I, I see. I had the feeling that there we have not established previously <laughs> canonically that uh, the Doctor will come if you wish for him. So well, he also said too that he was uh, returning a favor. Yeah, the fact that she went out of her way to help him well, was it two years ago? Yeah. It's just another reason he came back, or, th- or three. So mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of how I yeah. framed it. And he, maybe he's being playful. I, I, I don't. I, I don't mean to say that he's being completely serious when he says, you know, um, make a wish, yeah. you know, and I'll come. Uh, but so, so maybe he he's just being being kind of glib. But it, um, I still kind of didn't know what to what to make of that. But anyway, what I would have liked for that is if he would have given 
her something that we, the audience, knew was mm. some type of receptor or receiver or something that if she activates it by making a wish, meaning you speak into it, it activates it and it yeah. alerts something on the TARDIS console. Then she thinks it's magical. She's making a wish. We know it's some type of technology that he's given her that's a receiver. Yeah. And then we'd wonder why he doesn't do this everywhere he goes. <laughs> Point taken. I don't know. I remember that in the 60s, or I guess into the 70s, uh, in the comics, uh, Jimmy Olsen had a wristwatch that uh, sent out a, a signal, a sound that nobody but Superman could hear. <laughs> and uh, Superman would, would come around. Speaking of... In the new Lois, I mean, Superman and Lois TV show, Lois has a similar receiver, which is... Okay, yeah, so does the general. Cool. Yes. That makes a whole lot more sense to me than that Jimmy Olsen could whistle up Superman anytime he wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> even as a kid, that bothered me. But so, yeah, so 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 uh, Madge needs uh, something like that. Agreed. So let me ask you guys this question. And Clarence, I'll point this to you first. Let's talk about Madge and her kids. What did you think of them as characters and how they progressed and handled the story? Yeah, that, they are some uh, of the bright spots of the episode to me. I, I really instantly latched on to the three of them. And I just thought every time they were on screen, it was real, really fun. And uh, I just think the actors, sorry, I don't have their name. The kid actors did a wonderful job, a very believable job at that. Mm. <laughs> I love the whole thing of, uh, Cyril going down and sneaking a peek in the presence. And, you know, I just loved all of the, the interaction with the kids. I thought that was all great and fun. And, and added to that, you have, you have the doctor, um, playing Mr. I know throughout the episode. <laughs> so, um, that, that's the fun that I had was, you know, any, any moments we had with the kids and the doctor. I just thought they were great. Absolutely got to agree that, uh, those were the high spots for me too. That as long as, uh, uh, he was there with the kids. Uh, yeah, I, I I just thought they were both terrific. And uh, I her her name is Lily, the the character. And I I read and I I feel I have to believe this has to be true that um, in the early drafts of the script she was called Lucy until somebody pointed out that one of the Pevensey kids in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is Lucy. It, that's a little old nose, isn't it? <laughs> oh, really? I mean, we're, it's it's bad enough that they've been evacuated during the war and they've come to this mysterious house and we're going to go through a box and come out in a winter wonderland. But one of them is going to be named Lucy. Come on. It's too much. <laughs> so <laughs> That is too much. So that's where they drew the line. So she's Lily, which is so oh, Anyway. Well, and also, I, I wonder I wonder for us American people, um, of course, I've seen the movies, but I've never read the books. I wonder if like some of this... Um, line which in the war, wardrobe um, elements are are lost on us because I know it's lost on me a lot. I really it's, it's some of the yeah. obvious stuff you just know, like going through the wardrobe. Okay, I remember that. Um, but yeah. but isn't the line painted like a Jesus like figure in, <laughs> in that story? Aslan is definitely Jesus. Yeah, that's very deliberate. So so he's not in this episode, <laughs> but in in name, <laughs> the doctor takes his place though. In, <laughs> yes, he does. In the title, yes, he he he, he takes uh, first place. So, so the mother and the daughter did not bother me, and the actor who played the 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 son did an awesome mm. job at what he was given or the role he was doing. He he did it brilliantly. I just felt like, oh, this is so on the nose as you are the traditional 
cookie cutter little boy that everybody needs to fall in love with. <laughs> I, I sound so <laughs> so much like Ebenezer Scrooge with this, yeah. but it was just like, oh, this is just too cookie cutter boring. I think I've got this kid. Well, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Damn it, I'm not. <laughs> Yeah, you. Yeah, that's that's your problem. I don't think you can blame the episode for this. <laughs> cool. Well, you as yeah. as we've just, as we have established on this particular show, I don't have problems. I don't have issues. I have volumes. So <laughs> there you go. That's right. But what I don't have an issue or a volume with is one cool thing that I did like about it. This is the doctor using caretaker. And we hear that later, you know, the doctor using caretaker again in his next life. So I thought that that was really cool that we get to use caretaker here. So I thought that was, like I said, really, really cool. Did anyone pick up on a tie-in to a classic episode or story that we have previously reviewed on this particular podcast anyone oh me me yeah okay you 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 me 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 just clarence yeah 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 go ahead i i I get it too but you you go for it (laughs) yeah i got it man i just i I actually got it excellent no you will tell us (laughs) um was it the caves of adrazani in adrazani major yeah that that made me smile because i finally get a classic reference (laughs) exactly (laughs) that right there deserves a point at the end if nothing else. That's right. But but it was interesting to see, um, I guess in the caves of Adrizani, they were mining. I forgot what the substance is called. But now they're on this whole other planet, like stripping a planet for fuel. Will they ever learn? Will they? <sighs> no. And, and the doctor even calls them morons. <sighs> but uh, but uh, where where we uh, we were there with uh, the bats and uh, Shara's Jack. That was on Andrazani Minor, and these guys said they were from Andrazani yeah. Major. So apparently, there's two planets in that system, but they're both populated by morons. <laughs> yeah, so, and that's, that's not a major. I mean, that's not a minor difference. That's a major that's one. Not a minor difference. <laughs> Man, I wish I'd said that, and I probably will. <laughs> All right. So let me ask you guys about bringing Daddy home. Are the missing father at yeah, all? What yeah, did you guys yeah, think of yeah, that? Yeah. Well, I, th- this is always the problem with a a story of sentiment. Um, and so this this is me now. Now I I loved Cyril, so now I'm going to get to to hate on bringing the dad home, right? So <laughs> you, you and I both have taken our cynicism pills, but it's oh, uh, I don't know, I. It, it's. I think it's wrong to not want somebody to come home from the war, right? Yeah. <laughs> but real men really flying those kinds of missions really didn't come home, and no amount of wishing brought them. And this family gets a gets a break. Um. I. You know. I. I just. I just don't know how I feel about it. Clarence. What do you think? <sighs> of course, it was. It was. It was beautiful to see the family reunited, but. Um, I think I have a bigger problem with the how, uh, and the mm. appearance out of nowhere of the time vortex. And it all kind of made sense, but by the same token, um, I, I just, I don't know if I liked how that, um, how that all went down. It just felt a little too convenient, but you know, uh, he did have them focus on, on her memories and, 
of course she's going to think of that. And once you throw the time vortex in there and that she's piloting this spaceship through, through the time vortex that, um, Mm -hmm. Hey, she got to pilot two things in this episode. Uh, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was a little, well, and a bicycle and a car. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, it just felt a little too convenient, but, but I was happy to see the, the, um, the, the family re- reunited, which was probably an allegory to what we see in the doctor and his family at the very end, as in Amy and Rory. That's right. Oh, oh, here's this is like our Andrazani question. Uh, Kyle, do you know the connection between um, the actor who played Reg, who played dad, and uh, a Doctor Who spinoff? And a Doctor Who spinoff? Okay. Mm-hmm. No, I don't, but I know what he has to do with... Um, where are you, Dr. Scooby-Doo? <laughs> what? <laughs> He's one of the voices in... Oh, the voice actor yes, in yes, the, yes, yes, yes. He's Mr. Smith. He is Mr. Smith on the Sarah Jane adventure. Right. Okay, no, okay. So I got confused. I got confused. He's, okay, he's the Sarah Jane Mr. Smith, but it was the tree man who was the Minotaur. Interesting. Yes, I think so. Okay. Spencer Wilding. Yes, I think he was yes. the Minotaur in God Complex. Uh, I'll buy that. Cool. And uh, since I don't believe you, I'm looking it up. And uh, he's the Minotaur in God Complex. No returns. That's, I told, okay. Once you bought it, it's yeah. yours. That's it. He is also in Cold War and Orphan 55, your oh. favorite episode. Oh, Benny. Oh, he's, <laughs> Benny. he's one of the dregs in, uh, in the Benny episode. Huh? Yeah. I, I have an important so question great. to ask you don't, both. Don't, don't. <laughs> see, see what you did, Lee. See what you did. Have you seen Benny? I, I, did, I didn't. <laughs> Have you seen Benny? You made it happen again. You made it. Benny. Oh, God. (sighs) You did it. It's not my fault. You did it. (laughs) What were we talking about before? We're talking about Reg. Oh, yes. And and the the sphere that the trees make, uh, which is capable of space flight, uh, um, looks like the moon, (laughs) which by a... Astounding coincidence is what uh, Reg needed to see in order to to find his way home, even though the plane was out of fuel. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, so, or whatever. They but drifted the on the time working, So They drifted. Yeah. So he followed the moon, which was what looked like. Uh-uh. So that's a happy yeah, coincidence. Uh, a, a moon made of wood, no doubt. Yes. <laughs> yes. How does that fly? <laughs> that flies. Well... They are clearly a source of energy. I mean, that you, you could see why the the miners from a uh, Andrazani major, ooh, the miners from Andrazani major. <laughs> I see what you did uh, yeah, there. Why why they're ready to melt the whole forest down? It's by the way, I I, I this is in my notes, and I didn't uh, uh, I I don't we didn't talk about this beforehand, but um, I um, am slowly getting to know uh, more comedians who are popular in the UK and who we may not have ever heard of here. And I'm a big fan of some of them, including Bill Bailey, who turns up in this as Droxel. He's, he's the, the captain of the, yeah. the, the stormtroopers or whatever the I like hell him. they are, the miners from Androzani Major. Yeah. Yes, that's Bill Bailey. Well, as soon as he lifted up his helmet, I said, hey. I know you. <laughs> Get, yeah, I think yeah. those three so, need a spinoff series. Yeah. <laughs> They're great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So anyway, but yeah, shout out for, for Bill Bailey. Um, so here, here was my thing about the bringing the father home. I agree with everything you just said, 
But if I look at it, and I'm not, I think it was Clarence that said this earlier, but if it was Lee, then it was one of the two of you. So there I go. I'm good. But if I'm looking at it for it being made for kids, and if I look at it from that lens and look at the whole story from that lens, then we need to have that family come back together moment, feel good moment. And maybe the Christmas Carol that we had last year was Moffitt's Christmas gift to adults because it's more of an adult themed love story type thing. This may be his Christmas gift to the, you know, 12 and under group that wants that family together. Everybody gets a happy ending and everybody goes home happy. And it just, reason I was so bored was because I'm, I'm (laughs) not that 12 years and under. Well, that's right. Um, yeah. When, when, uh, when the, the, the chairs were dancing around inside the, the big house, I, yeah, <laughs> a, a part of me, I just facepalmed. <laughs> really? Um, but yeah, but if, but if we are six years old and watching this, that's like the best thing. And, and the doctor is being six, you know, he's just running through the house and showing them all the toys and he's redecorated their bedrooms, but he, he's done he has neglected to put a bed in there, you know, he did what to their Do best what? bedrooms. He's, he's redecorated. And I well, don't he's decorated. like it. <laughs> don't like it. Oh, well, I'm on a roll. Sorry. There is, a, there's no, there's no bed, but there are, <laughs> which, uh, it's, it's, it's just full tilt silliness. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and really the whole idea of giving them as a Christmas present a dimensional portal is, yeah, is really give them a working chainsaw too while you're at it. I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, though I guess the idea was that he was going to go with them. But it's the safest <laughs> but, planet uh, he's ever seen. Still, yeah. Except Anderson on that day. Major. Right. There's sentences I should just, yeah. So may I ask a question to you guys? Go for it. Is it established that the doctor can breathe in space? Uh, a little bit. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, the show has not been consistent about this. We have seen him require a spacesuit. Obviously we have seen him not need a spacesuit for a short time. Um, I, I remember the fifth doctor being out in space without a suit. And, um, because he has, we were told in the classic series several times that the doctor has circulatory bypass, whatever what? that means. Yes. So, uh, not circular respiratory bypass. Well, we've seen 13 in space, remember? Yeah. When well, all four um, of them oh, for yeah. a moment. Yeah, That's all true, four yeah. of them. Yep. Right. So, so uh, yeah. So to answer your question, uh, mm. Yeah. Mm. it depends on the regeneration. How about that? Yeah. What some 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 bypass of their respiratory bypass a little yeah. better depends. You know, it's like uh, you never know what you're going to get. So. That'd be really disappointing to find out that you're in a body that didn't have that very handy respiratory bypass. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, that was that was one of the points that took me out of the episode. And also, I think this episode contains both some of the best CG with that opening sequence of the ship to the worst CG mm-hmm. and the mech at the near the end of the episode. I thought it just looked horrible. But you know. Uh, uh yeah. Well, as a War of the Worlds fan, I just like the fact that it's a tripod. But, um, <laughs> but, but I, I don't know. That, that, that didn't trouble me so much. It, it certainly looks clunky, but it's also supposed yeah. to be incredibly awkward. But do we really believe uh, that mom knows how to, that mom knows how to drive that thing? 
I think I was willing to believe that it's easy enough to drive that somebody who has never been in it before could sit down at the console. And I mean, all she does is make it go in a straight line. True. And then it falls over. So, uh, yeah, I guess the question I, I always ask in something like that is, could I, could I do it? You know? Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with you, but what made me not think that is because the, one of the soldiers or workers was like, Oh, I can't fly. I can't drive this thing to right before they beamed off. I'm like, what? <laughs> Next second. Cut yeah. to mom driving. <laughs> <laughs> well, she'll give it her best shot, right? But if I'm an eight-year-old kid looking at it and seeing, and already yeah. I believe mom can do anything and everything, then it makes perfect sense to me that mom is driving the big machine because mom's coming to rescue me. What, yeah, so. what did you guys think of it going from um, that moment with the, the workers slash soldiers in their fallout suits on the planet there? With with Maj and going from that to where they're kind of like, oh, she's a woman. Don't, you know, lower your guns and all this other stuff. And just them being buffoons for all intents and purposes to going cutting to uh, the doctor saying the women are the key to everything. You know, I I, I like that, but I, I, it just felt kind of weird. Um, yeah, that struck me this time, too. It That is an odd distance, isn't it? Um the uh, the female member of the team uh, puts her gun down and she says, "I'm respecting her as a woman." Um, hmm. Okay. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I I think I know what you mean, but <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the the fact that that Madge is somebody's mother is what saves the day. Yeah. She is the that in the in the eyes of the forest um, that makes her strong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Can't I can't argue with that. Um, but it is funny that the, the show, the, it does seem like parts of the show kind of border on a, a, a kind of misogyny. And then there's this uh, adulation yeah. of the female as well. It's, yeah, don't get it. Yeah, neither did I. But woohoo. But what I did get was a scene that, again, I remembered seeing at some point, And I knew it was out there. And again, thought it was on the Internet, didn't know it was here. The closing scene where the doctor goes back and visits Amy and Rory. So what did you guys think of this scene? Thoughts? Yeah, this is right there with the heartbreak part for me. Um, Just some of the things that Amy says to the doctor and in particular about, you know, she always sets a plate for a Merry Christmas. They, wow. (laughs) I want somebody to love me that much <laughs> when yeah. I'm not there. Just, oh man, they just killed me. That part killed me, man. Lee? I, I had very mixed feelings about it. And it reminded me that that's sort of how I felt, um, the Christmas that I, I first saw it. Um, and I, I, I've shared with you guys and I won't uh, bore our audience with details, but that was not a good Christmas for me. So I think that's uh, probably one of the reasons why I had trouble with some of these things in it. But um, a bad, bad year of my life. Very, very bad. Um, the doctor and Amy uh, outweighting each other on who's going to hug first, for some reason, just really got under my skin. I just thought, oh, God's sake. <laughs> I wanted to hit them. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um I, t- I didn't think it, I didn't think it was funny. I didn't think it was sweet. I didn't think it was, uh, character appropriate. I just thought, uh, are we wasting time here? I was bored. Like, you were what? Bored. <laughs> 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 no, it didn't bore me. I just, I just found it irksome. 
I don't know. Say, say that that really bothered me. But I do love the idea that they've always that they always set a place for him. Of course, it makes me think of how you know at Passover you're supposed to a table for Elijah or a chair for things like that. So interesting. They've adopted that as a tradition. Leave a leave a place for the doctor. He has said before. I'm I'm thinking of uh, the tenth doctor saying this that he doesn't he doesn't do family. No, that was nine, I think, wasn't it? Um, well, because remember, because yeah. nine, uh, the the big thing at the end of the Christmas invasion was he did go and sit down with Mickey and Rose and Jackie at the big right, Christmas but I, dinner. I, but I thought he had to sort of be wooed into it because at first he said he does. But I, I don't know. Maybe I need to see that again, and that'll be fine. But um, but anyway, I, I, the doctor seems to love Christmas, but he doesn't like Christmas dinner. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like. I mean. I, so I, I'm kind of trying to figure that that out, but he but he loves Christmas. Yeah. Uh, anyway, th- this is going to be the best ever for him. So here were they, Miriam. So here was me, or here were my thoughts, and this is what I love about mm. our opinions that we can have different opinions, and yet we all get along so well. That's what's so awesome about the camaraderie here, because as you, just as you didn't like it, Lee, this was the saving grace for me. For this episode, I had not seen this probably since it aired, maybe once on the internet since. And I have seen Amy and Rory's episode that they leave so many times that there is no emotional connection to it at all because I can quote it in my head. That said, I didn't know this. And this was like watching it for the first time. And it made me cry. I'm not ashamed to say that. It made me cry. And I love the play between the back and forth because I think it fit Amy and that version of the doctor's relationship, the playfulness. I just thought it fit. But I could see you seeing it coming from a different place and external memories attached. It would have probably irritated and ticked me off, too. So there. There we go. So, gentlemen, let me ask you a question. Are there any other topics that you have about this episode that we have not covered. Awesome. Silence has fallen. I don't think so, yeah. Okay. Well, question. Oh, I have one other thing. One other thing. And this is about this episode per se. It is the opening sequence that we get to see. This is the only opening sequence while Karen Gillan is a full time companion or the companion that we do not see her listed in the opening credits. Also, this is the last time we will see this version of the opening credits, because the next time we see Doctor Who Series 7, we get a revamped version of the tune slash the opening credits. So this is the last time we will see this particular sequence. So, gentlemen, favorite quote. Clarence Brown, I'll start with you. Favorite quote. (laughs) Uh, mine is with the, uh, the Harvest Rangers and, um, they're down there scanning, uh, Madge, or Madge, however, say, I can't remember her name, but they're down there scanning and they can't tell if she has a firearm or not because they get it confused with wool, strangely <laughs> enough. So, so one of the Rangers says, sir, she's a time traveler. And then, um, Droxel says, and you sure it's not her cardigan? So I just, <laughs> I laughed out loud at that. I just thought it was the greatest thing. These buffoons. <laughs> All right. Lee Shackelford. Um, 
I've got a, a lot actually uh, for for an episode that I don't care much for. Uh, there's a lot of uh, great uh, quotes in it, but uh, this is, this seemed to me like a major revelation uh, when somebody is, when the, the the moon thing is taking off and so uh, Lily, I guess, shouts, "What do we do?" The doctor says, "No idea. Do what I do. Hold tight and pretend it's a plan." <laughs> yes, I love that too. <laughs> that's that's good advice. Yeah. Oh, well, that was so great, so great. All right. All right. Mine was something we've already mentioned, but I'll say it again. But you didn't know I was coming. Why would you set me a place, Amy? Oh, because we always do. It's Christmas, you moron. (laughs) That's my favorite quote. And I will start with my favorite scene. That scene where that quote came from is my favorite scene. So, Lee Shackelford, favorite scene. Oh, Easy for me is, uh, yeah, the, the folks from Andrasani Major facing down match. <laughs> just everything about it. And now that I realize that's Bill Bailey, that's just... <laughs> anyway, I'm thinking of the visual. <laughs> Nobody's looking. Doesn't mean there's no visual. That's exactly what nobody looking means. <laughs> it means there's no visual. <laughs> oh, they were great. Do you want me to shoot her, sir? Oh, this visual's deteriorate. Shut <laughs> up! <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Thank you, Moffat, for that scene. <laughs> Clarence Brown, what say you? I think I like the, the TARDIS fake out we got at the very beginning. Uh, whereas, mm. wasn't it just like a normal uh, police box at the very beginning of the episode? Yes. And I was like, how in the world is she opening this TARDIS? It, it's not possible. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, we yeah. get the reveal. It wasn't. Yeah. I, I was going to be, I really be upset. I really was. <laughs> yes. Don't tell me she can open that with a hair yeah, they, they got me. All right. Well, what will get you is I'm going to start with you, Clarence Brown. Final rating. What say ye? I'm going to go with a safe four. Four. Um, not the best, but I did like laugh out loud like three or four times in this episode. And I, I got the feels certainly by the end. So um, in an episode I thought I was going to absolutely hate, I still think I wound up somewhat, you know, liking it. Okay, I'm calculating. There you go. So, um, but four watts. Oh, yeah, four watts. oh, I'll give it four. Um, um, I knows. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my runner-up for favorite line. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so good. All right, Lee. Uh, I'm still adding up, so you go. Okay, I'm going to give it three short sterlings. I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's what Reg's plane is—is is the short sterling. Oh man, because it's 1941. Three short sterlings. It certainly was a beauty sitting on the grass. I thought it was a beautiful. Isn't, thing. isn't that a gorgeous thing? Yeah. All right, so. I think after my final tally is I'm going to actually get another point five. So, all right. So I'm going to give it a three and I'm going to break down my three as follows. One point, because I said this earlier, going to give it one point for Clarence connecting to a previous classic who episode. So that was cool. That's one point worthy. I'm going to give it 1.5 for the closing scene that made me cry. So that gives me up to 2.5. And I will give it another 0.5 for everything else in the story because I was bored. And I will say I will give it three. Kyle was bored out of five. (laughs) So there you have it, gentlemen. So, gentlemen, last question. What have you been reading, watching, or 
where else might you be found on the internet? And Lee, I'll start with you. I really haven't been doing much except um, singing the uh, the Agatha song over and over. I don't know if I should be happy or if I should be really angry about this, but it has completely taken over my, my mind. I wake up <laughs> singing that song. I don't... I just thought I'd mention that. But did anyway. you kill Sparky too? I did, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Wait, Cal, did you actually do the laugh in, in, in Agatha's voice? Did you actually... No, no, I can't do the laugh. I can't do the cackle. <laughs> no, you got to be her. Yeah. But, but I did, but I know I mentioned this earlier, but I did appreciate that uh, discussing comics recently that you, you use the Japanese version. Oh, yeah. But I can't sure. take credit it's for it because uh, it was at the behest and bequest and request, whatever, of Mr. Brown. <laughs> okay. Yep. So. This is my terms. <laughs> that, that was his terms. Just okay. And... I happily applied. So there you go. That's fantastic. I really do feel like I should be able to recommend something to ordinary people who aren't uh, stuck with an ear. Uh, but uh, I, uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know what else is going on. Mm. I just, you know, will tell people they need to uh, get on a uh, uh, discussing network uh, uh, Facebook group, right? Oh, awesome. Yes, absolutely. Yes, and have some fun. Talk to us. Have a chat. Yes, just get in Facebook and search for discussing network and right there. Awesome, 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 awesome. Clarence Brown, what about you? Uh, man, I've been watching um, this the TNT show called Snowpiercer, which is also a movie, a book, and I'm sure other things. <laughs> but I'm enjoying the um, that because now it's on HBO Max. So I'm really having fun with that. Uh, I'm still watching For All Mankind on uh, Apple TV Plus, enjoying that. And I'm waiting for Marvel's next big tentpole television release falcon and a winter soldier so um tv is has been good lately and i'm enjoying it and considering the fact that you know we probably butchered this at one point when we were talking about it on this actual podcast back when we also discussed comics here as well believe it or not but the mm -hmm. snyder cut of justice league comes out by the time this episode comes out so i'm sure we will be talking about the differences yeah. and whatever's all that soon so there you go maybe um maybe dark seed killed their version of sparky too who knows i have no it idea explains everything that ex totally explains everything and what was sparky's name in that version of the dc universe and i think this will be our parting gift what was Sparky's name in that version of the DC universe? I'm giving you a, I'm giving you like a hint of me trying oh, to make a joke. I'm sorry. Yes, I, I, I was going to say crypto, but the answer, of course, is Martha. Martha. <laughs> and with that, for everyone listening, thank you. Even though I was bored with this, I had so much fun. <laughs> Not being bored with this review because this was fun as always. Yeah. But if you loved this, and tell me I'm completely wrong. Tell me how wrong I am, because I'd love to hear from you. And we will play it or read it on the episode. If you love this, this was your favorite Doctor Who episode of all times. Let us know and send us some feedback. And we will, of course, like I said, play it or read it on the show. And with that, thanks, everyone, for listening. And we will be back next time. You've been listening to The Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com. Discussing Network.